Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so honored that you're taking time to be here. I think you'll be glad that you did. This is a topic, oh man, it's such an important topic, and I have thought about this topic for a long time, and I'm finally ready to talk about it. This is going to contain pieces of things I've talked about in other podcasts, but I am solely focused today on self worthiness, self-love. I know we've talked about self-care, but it is possible to take care of yourself without really feeling worthy of the care. And that's going to cause problems for you and problems for everyone around you because the world needs you to love yourself. So we're going to talk about why we don't, why we need to, and how we can do it. I really got to thinking about this when about a week and a half ago, It was a holiday week, meaning almost nobody was working, so I had a little more free time than I'm used to, and my daughter was away in Europe with her father on an amazing trip that I'm so happy that she got to do, and um, I was at home with a dog that had just had surgery, and um, it was nice, it was nice but there was a little echo of sadness in the week. And I found myself getting out of the car, up on the trail, uh, just getting ready to hike with the doggo. And I see a woman in front of me putting these two gorgeous, wonderful, big dogs into her car. And um, I thought she looked familiar to me. I called out the name that I thought she was, and I didn't. she didn't turn around. So I went about my business. I only saw the backside of her, but just something about her um, made me think I knew her. Next thing you know, I'm leashing up the dog, and she perceives somebody behind her, and she looks around and says, my name. So yes, we do know each other. And yes, this is a very important person in my life. This is um, one of my healers. You've heard me talk about a technique called N-A-E-T for allergy elimination technique. And N stands for Nambudrabad, the doctor who invented this. And this woman is a master trainer. She is a master healer, and she is responsible for so many good things in my life. I would not have the health and the energy field I have if I hadn't met her. So very important person in my life. Um, I'm free of many pains and sensitivities, and I can eat whatever I want, and I don't have rheumatoid arthritis and all that sort of good stuff because of this woman. And she knows a lot about me because she also clears sensitivities from trauma, from emotions, from beliefs, from you name it. If it's bugging you, she can make it less powerful in your body so your body can just deal with it or flush it out if it's something like mercury or toxins from anesthesia. So anyways, important person in my life, right? And she said, hey, how are you? And you know me, I'm pretty authentic. And I said, I'm really good. And yet, I'm feeling a little lonely. (laughs) And she's also very authentic. And she goes, "Mm, 
Yeah. I came out of that about, I don't know, a year ago. She had about, she said, I had about three years of lonely. <laughs> like, oh, well, I'm in good company. And she says, but you really know that we are all truly alone except for one exception. Now, I know the truly alone part. She says, you know, there's one person you can always depend upon, and that's you. You are your own best friend. And I thought about that for a minute. And I said, huh, you know what? I can always depend on myself. And then I got to thinking, am I treating myself like I would treat my best friend? Do any of us treat ourselves like we would treat our best friend? How good am I being to myself? Because in the end, I don't care if you're in a relationship or outside of a romantic relationship, in between romantic relationships, breaking up with a friend, in a friend group, the one person you can always depend upon is you. Now, that doesn't mean we're always dependable to ourselves, but we, we can be. We have the potential to always draw upon ourselves to help ourselves. So this got me to thinking, how do we talk to ourselves? How do we treat ourselves? What is the story about ourselves and what conditions do we put upon ourselves to be lovable? So think about somebody in your life that you love. Uh, if you have a pet, it might be your dog that you love unconditionally. Or maybe it's a child in your life that you love unconditionally. Now, is your love based upon something they do. Like, does your dog have to do a bunch of tricks and have to win the grand prize at the kennel competition in order for you to love your dog? No, of course not. Your dog can probably pee on the carpet and you still love the dog. You might be a little mad at the dog, but you still love the dog. And what about your child? Does your child have to win the state spelling bee, get straight A's? become a violin virtuoso in order for you to love your child? No, of course not. You love your kid. But what conditions are you putting on yourself to be lovable? Do you ever think, I will be worthy when I fit into a certain size, when I have achieved a certain thing, when I possess a certain thing, or when I have a certain trait, then I will be worthy? Is your worth based upon what you have or what you've achieved? Or is it just based on the fact that you were born, that you exist? Notice I'm not telling you which is true. Uh, I just want you to inquire. What is your love conditional upon when it comes to loving yourself? And here's the thing. Any answer can be true in your mind that I am lovable because I've done or have XYZ. But it can be equally true that I am lovable because I exist. You can probably guess which story I'm going to try and get you to believe in because I'm a big fan of less pain. And that story you got that you're unworthy, that you don't measure up to somebody else, is probably causing you a lot of pain. And what I'm going to talk about in a little bit is that you may not know it's causing other people pain. Because when we show up as 
needy and unworthy, it saps energy from other people. So why hold the bar so freaking high for yourself when all these people and pets around you just get to be lovable? Maybe someone from your past told you that you weren't lovable, and so you believed it. But why is their opinion more important than anyone else's? Have you ever thought about what was the caliber of their emotional health? What was their upbringing like? Who role modeled lovability and worthiness for them? If someone doesn't love you, my belief is that it's because of a deficit in their heart and their mind, not a deficit in you. I think we are all innately lovable. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get on each other's nerves because we have different codes of conduct for how human beings are supposed to behave. Personally, in my rule book, people should be nice to each other. Yes, I use the word should because this is a statement that actually causes me pain. Because this belief that people should be nice to each other is not reality. People are not always nice to each other. And when I believe that they should be, I get angry. I get mad at the person who's being mean. This is not the fault of the person being mean. That's just what they do. That is part of their nature. And I bet I've been mean at some point in my life. But for me, that is a limitation. That is a deficit in my heart. That is on me if I find somebody unlovable because they are too mean. Oh, and guess what? I can actually love somebody and still not like their behavior. I get to choose that. I don't know if I'm quite that evolved just yet. I'd like to say that I am, um, but let's just say, I have deficits of the heart, and so do you, and it has nothing to do with the target of that deficit. Maybe you just remind somebody of their evil second grade teacher who kept them after school every day, or yelled at them in front of everybody else, or made them go to the chalkboard when they didn't know the answer, and it was obvious they didn't know the answer. Maybe you happen to have the same hairstyle as that teacher. Not your fault. Someone literally once suggested that I go by my middle name instead of my first name because they knew a Denise that they did not like. Now, I could take that personally, but that would be pretty darn silly. <laughs> what that person thought was nothing had nothing to do with me. This manner of making ourselves smaller when we compare ourselves to somebody else is in our brain wiring. So I want you to not feel bad or feel abnormal if you find it hard to love yourself unconditionally. Everyone has some kind of I'm not good enough story. It's just that some of us noticed it and worked on it and upgraded it. So it doesn't sneak around anymore. We may still have emotions that can cause pain, like loneliness was for me at the time, but that doesn't mean that I feel unworthy. That just means that I am capable of feeling emotions. So it's called status pain. This is what neuroscientists call it. It's very common, and it has a purpose. Status pain kept us alive. It kept us uh, human beings procreating because we were alive. If we angered somebody in the tribe, 
by not knowing our place, by acting uh, beyond what our position in the tribe was, we could get ousted from the tribe. So we learned to keep in place with the hierarchy. And if that meant that we compared ourselves to somebody else and came up short, so be it. Keeping us safe is what the brain wants to do beyond anything else. And it's willing to sacrifice self-love in order to do it. In current times, one of the benefits of this I'm not good enough story is it keeps our expectations of ourselves low. Now, why the heck would that be a good thing? Well, to your brain, that's a good thing because then you don't take risks and you stay safe. You don't experience failure. You don't experience regret. But guess what? The biggest regrets are things we didn't do versus things we did do. So even though it's good intentions on your brain's part to keep you safe with this story of unworthiness, it's going to be really bad intention for your overall satisfaction with your life. But our brain tells ourselves, hey, why should I even try? I suck anyway, so what's the, what's the point? So deferring to power helped us stay safe, but at what cost? The Japanese even have a saying for it that the raised nail is the first to get hammered. So that's very common in collectivist cultures. And even in our culture in America, uh, a lot of people don't want to disrupt the boat, don't want to seem bigger than they are or bigger than somebody else thinks they are because, hey, we might say the wrong thing and regret it. Maybe you have developed this habit of staying small and it no longer serves you. At the root of status pain is comparison. And at the root of comparison, or the thing that follows from comparison, is envy. Wanting what someone else has. Envy is a feeling of lack. Envy sucks. Envy is a very painful emotion to feel. And what follows from envy is often resentment. Like, why do you deserve what you have? I'm just as good. Why did you get that bonus? Why did you get that position? I'm just as good. The alternative to envy and resentment in comparison is to be inspired, to say, hey, look what's possible. Look what they did. And then to get ideas. What do I want to learn from that? What do I want to borrow from that? Take inventory. Where do I need to step it up so I can have that as well? The other alternative to this is to want what you have. Instead of wanting what they have, give appreciation for what you already have. And this is a really fun thing. I mean, the other day, I broke my tooth on a Sunday. I broke a crown off my tooth eating nuts. And I had to shift from, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, how am I gonna get it through the weekend? Actually, it was a Saturday. How am I gonna get through the weekend without a tooth? To, I am so lucky that I have a drugstore that has this kind of silly putty temporary paste you put to reattach a tooth. And I am so lucky I have dental insurance. And I am so lucky I have a dentist whose phone number I have and who is going to let me in on Monday morning first thing. That's all good stuff. There is stuff around you all the time that you can appreciate that you already have. And this shifts your state from envy and unworthiness to gratitude, which is like filling up 
an abyss with love. So when you see somebody who has done something that you covet, this is really hard, but if you can get to a place of imagining that was you and imagining what it would feel like to have achieved those things and then feeling pleasure on behalf of the other person, then it's like when that person does that amazing thing, you think, you think not, hey, why you? You think, you go, girl. And that feels a lot better. What if you believed, instead of comparing, some, comparing yourself to somebody and coming up short, you felt like everyone, including you, has unique gifts, and that everyone has a unique path. Everyone has unique karmic work to do, and everyone struggles. I promise you, everyone compares. Maybe robots don't, but every human being compares. That person you model, you think they don't covet something that somebody else has. You think that Elon Musk doesn't compare himself to some standard? Hello, Tesla? You think that famous author, that great speaker, that person with the title you want? You think Tony Robbins doesn't have an I'm not good enough story? I bet that he wishes he had the energy of 1,000 people instead of just 10. I bet you he thinks he has not helped enough people and that one of the reasons why he wants to live to be 120 years old or however long he wants to live is so he can help more people and feel more worthy. You think they all don't compare themselves to someone and feel like they come up short? Comparison fuels envy and wanting what others have. What keeps these people healthy who are doing great work in the world is to compare themselves to their past self. And note, where have I grown? How have I made strides? Some people believe that you have to think bad thoughts about yourself in order to fuel great work. And maybe some of those people I mentioned do that. But the greats, they are fueled not by shame, which is the lowest form of all emotions. It has been measured. It is the lowest vibrating emotion. It feels terrible. And we don't even like being around people who feel shame because we cannot fill that abyss that is inside of them. I believe that you can perform even better when you act from a sense of worthiness. You will never actually get to worthiness if you're fueled by shame. Shame is like, in terms of fuel, it is a toxic gas. Whereas worthiness, which creates authentic confidence, which is where you can acknowledge your strengths. You know you have weaknesses, but everybody has weaknesses. No big deal. This kind of fuel is clean, efficient, and it gets you there without the engine wear and the toxicity. So a highly evolved person, again, is going to compare herself to her potential. And instead of shame, she's going to feel motivated. I mean, let's think about Mother Teresa. She always wanted to help more people. But it wasn't because of shame. It was because she had a lot of love to give. And she knew there were a lot of people in need of help. And she knew that she had it in her to help a lot of people. And she did. Look at the Dalai Lama. 
that man, he has so much peace to give and to create and share, and there's always room for more peace in this world, so he's on a mission to create more peace. I think about two writers that I love, the late Dr. Wayne Dyer or Paolo Uccello, author of The Alchemist. For them, they were in such a state of flow and are in such a state of flow and connectedness to the universe that there is always another book inside them that wants to come out and will come out when ready. You get to choose the story. Are you worthy because of what you have, what you do? Are you worthy because you exist? Will you strive because you have to prove your worth? Or will you strive because you're already amazing and deserve the feeling you get when you strive and succeed? You get to pick. I recommend you pick the one that feels good instead of the one that feels crappy. So here are some ideas I have for creating worthiness if you don't already have it or if you're looking for some more. Obviously, you can upgrade your story about yourself and you can go and listen to the steer model. You can go and um, listen to podcasts about thought upgrades, but it's so vital that you actually find the words that your brain tells yourself about your unworthiness. As you may recall from other podcasts, for me, it was, I will never live up to my potential, so why even bother? To me, that felt true, because I do feel like our potential is constantly expanding, constantly moving than what we grow. And I felt like, why bother? Why chase that? That, oh man, that was painful. I don't feel that anymore, but it was painful when I believed that. I'll remind you at the end what I upgraded mine to. But finding the words is important because you need an antidote to those particular words. And your I'm not worthy story is going to sound different from everybody else's. Okay, so here are some tips, some exercises you can do. First, you can take out a blank piece of paper and put it in two columns. On the left side is pain, and on the right side is pleasure and benefit. So on the left side, I want you to brainstorm all of the pain that your unworthiness story creates for you. It can be emotions like shame and envy, uh, physical pain, illness, um, social anxiety. Just what is the pain that this belief creates for you? And then what pleasure, what benefit are you getting out of it? And be honest with yourself. Well, I'm motivated because of it. I'm constantly trying to do better. I work out every day. Um, by the way, workaholism is one of the ways we manage this story. Oh, and guess what? That has some consequences too. And that's part of the next assignment. So you got the pain and pleasure. I just want you to see it there. I just want you to see what you're getting out of this story and what it's costing you. The next assignment is what do you actually do or not do as a result of your unworthiness story? So on the do, maybe you work 70 hours a week. Maybe you don't get enough sleep. What are all the things you do? Maybe you apologize incessantly and unnecessarily. Maybe you broadcast to people the things you think you're not good at. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. <laughs> that is not a gift to us, right? I mean, it's fine to own your faults, but please don't wear them like a badge of misery. <laughs> we don't want to take care of you in that way. 
So what do you do and not do? Do you overwork uh, and the not do? Maybe you just don't take risks. Maybe you don't eat healthy because why bother? You're just going to get fat anyways. You're fat already, so I'm just going to get fat anyway, so I'm just not going to take care of myself. I'm not going to work out because that's too hard. Uh, it'll take way too long to lose the weight. I mean, what do you tell yourself and then what do you not do as a result? The third exercise I have for you is to brainstorm and do at least 10 the first time. Shoot for 10 or more. Brainstorm your innate gifts and talents. So this can be things you were born with and things you've learned. So maybe you have a photographic memory. That's something you're born with. You probably did not have to teach yourself that. Most of us don't have that, but maybe you have an acute sense of smell. Something that you just have. You don't know why. You just have it. And then what's a talent that you have? So more examples of really small things. So for those of you who have a really hard time coming up with things that are amazing about you, you can start with, I have eyelashes and eyebrows that filter stuff out so my eyes don't get infected and bothered and irritated. I know everybody else has that too, but I have that. That is really cool. I have a heart that beats that I don't have to tell to beat. I have a liver that processes toxins that I don't have to ask to do that. I have thumbs. I have feet that I can walk on. This is so cool. And then what talents do you have? So maybe you write a good letter. Maybe you're good with numbers. Just get it down there. The next one is a gratitude practice. We've talked about this a little bit already. Again, I would aim for 10 things that you are grateful for right now. If you have a hard time, just look around the room. I'm grateful for cabinets with doors on them to put things in. I'm grateful for carpet to absorb the sound so that I can make a podcast in this room without a lot of echo. I'm grateful for street lights and trash collectors. And if you're having a hard time getting started, I, I suggest oxygen. Oxygen is always a wonderful one. I have air to breathe and I have lungs that breathe in and breathe out. Oh my gosh, so many gallons, so many millions of gallons of oxygen every day, and I don't even have to think about it. Thank you, lungs. Also, when you notice that you are in an unworthiness moment, you can shift your state by doing a few different things. One is you can take high-energy short breaths. You can Google breath of fire. That is my favorite for high-energy short breaths. There's so many of these, but... Breath of Fire is a good place to start, or you can just put on some music and dance, or just jump around and bounce to music or not to music. Probably don't want to do this in line at the grocery store, probably want to do this in the comfort of your own home, but please do. You can go outside and feel sunshine on your face, and if it's winter and if it's dark where you are, please consider getting yourself a blue light. Um, sad at the, the acronym for seasonal uh, anxiety disorder, or whatever it's called, is a real thing. And we need to take care of ourselves and give ourselves light. I literally, when I am pumping gas, go find a sunbeam and I stand there and I close my eyes and I look up at the sky and I just let my eyelids absorb. And I like, I just let the light go into my face for 90 seconds. This is good. This is not dangerous. I have sunscreen on and it feels so good. So play music that lifts you up, and of course, you can meditate. Uh, here's some that you can Google. I've already given you um, Breath of Fire, but for really 
turning on your self-worthiness and turning off your self-loathing. I love the self-love kundalini yoga, self-love meditation. I do it every morning for at least five minutes. And uh, it involves holding your hands in a certain position. Uh, Let me try and describe it for you. So fingers are in fist position with thumbs out and up. And then you put your finger, your 10 fingers together in front of your heart with your thumbs together and up. And you close your eyes about 90% with your gaze down the middle of your nose. So your eyes are somewhat crossed. This is syncing up your right and left hemispheres, turning off the chatty part of your brain, resyncing your left brain with your quiet, uh, let's see, yeah, with your quiet right brain. That is the brain that knows you are part of a whole and not just indiscriminate parts. And then you can think whatever you want, but I like to breathe in equality, like love, kindness, gratitude, beauty, generosity, you name it, peace, freedom, whatever you want. I breathe in and say, I am that quality. And then on the exhale, I say, I attract that quality. So I am freedom, I attract freedom. And just to make it a little more interesting, on the in-breath, I switch to my right eye focus. And then on the pause to my middle of the nose focus and then my left eye focus. I just like to give my brain a little bit of a workout and a little bit of a distraction from my thoughts. That is optional. You can also Google ego elimination breath. It's sort of like breath of fire, but you have your arms up, your thumbs out, your hands and fists, and uh, it takes a little getting used to. It is not easy or natural in the beginning to breathe really fast, but this one uh, just helps clear that story you have in your head about not being good enough. I also do a blessing of the chakras every day starting with my sacral chakra, that is the one that glows in a red and um, starts at our perineum. And I go all the way up to the eighth chakra, which is above our head, the ka. And I bless them all and tell them all that they are whole and coherent and that I am grateful for all that they do for me on a daily basis. And I don't just say grateful. I cultivate the emotion of gratitude and I send it to that part of my body so that it actually gets through the cellular cellular system. Thoughts alone aren't powerful. Thoughts coupled with emotion are received by the cellular receptors. So, and gratitude feels so darn good anyways. Those are three things I do every morning in addition to praying and being thankful for what I have. And this takes me about 25 minutes. I also do a cold Ayurvedic uh, shower, as I think I've mentioned, which just makes me feel really awesome and awake. And I know it helps my immune system and my endocrine system. So do something that makes you feel proud, that makes you feel like you've accomplished something. And know that self-loathing is self-serving. Self-confidence, true self-confidence is a gift to us. Tomorrow, I am doing one of my favorite things. I am leading a group coaching kickoff. And this is where I have to take six people 
who have every reason to be suspicious of each other because they all work under one umbrella organization. So if anybody tattles on anybody else about something someone said about a leader or the organization, it could haunt them. And I got to get these people to trust each other and to be able to say anything in the midst of each other. And then I also have to teach them foundational tools like the STEER model, span of control, brain basics, Enneagram. I'm doing all this in less than eight hours with these people, probably less than seven hours. Now, if I show up apologetic, if I show up and tell them, oh, by the way, I have a cold, so I'm going to be low energy today. I do have a cold, by the way. And notice it hasn't kept me from doing this podcast. I'm perfectly fine. Endorphins kick in and I am fine. I'll have a cough drop and be fine. I have my little tea here. I'm fine. You don't have to take care of me. But if I had told you at the beginning of the podcast that I had a cold, it might have primed you to notice something. Maybe you would have noticed something different. So I'm not going to apologize for that. And by the way, a cold is no big deal. The last time I kicked one of these things off by myself, I was five days post very invasive surgery. <laughs> I have to giggle because I do not recommend you ever do anything like that. Uh, but I was able, just barely, I was just barely able to do it, so I did it. And um, I didn't tell them until we got to the exercise in the day where we talk about our life. And I ended with today. <laughs> today I am five days post major surgery. And that was when the wheels started churning in people's minds and they thought, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this person was going through this. I just thought she always sat in a puddle in her chair. No, they, they didn't even notice that somebody else had set up the room. Um, and that was my gift to them. I wanted them to know, I got you. We are going to do this. I am fine. Am I 100%? No. But is my heart 100% here? Yes. Can I do this in my sleep? Yes. Am I glad I'm here? Yes. I felt worthy. I did not feel like I was jipping them because I knew that I could, could still create the environment that we needed to create. And we did, and it was awesome. That reminds me that a friend told me about a talk she attended. And the speaker, I don't remember his name, but he was a well-known monk slash guru. And somewhere in the middle of his presentation, he lost his train of thought. And he said, oh, look, there, it's gone. And there was silence. And then he took a chair and he sat down. And there was silence. And there was more silence. And the whole audience was silent. Just silence. And then after what felt like an eternity, but was probably five minutes, with which if you're ever giving a presentation, <laughs> might as well be an eternity, he said, ah, there it is. Now he probably had a minor stroke. I mean, that's just not normal. But it was definitely a serious senior moment. That was not just a I forgot my place kind of moment. But he didn't, he had so much self-love. And the audience had so much self-love. Nobody felt like they had to take care of him. It's like, we're all going to be okay. We're all just being human right now. It's fine. I asked my friend, I said, so what happened in the audience? She said, well, from what she could tell, the energy was just peaceful and loving and caring and concerned, but not worried. 
And he came back. He did his thing. It was beautiful. And I just thought, oh my goodness, what if we all had that kind of presence when we got in front of a group to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be perfect. And that's okay. You don't have to take care of me. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got this. So back to that tip I said about doing something you feel proud for. I want you to find something that brings you pleasure and can be easily measured. Now, you might not yet know that it brings you pleasure, but here are some ideas. You might create something using your strengths. One of the best things I know that you can do, that anyone can do, is to lift weights. Now, I know when I say the word lift weights, you have a vision in your head of probably some really strong person doing a bench squat or I don't know. Get that out of your mind. This is you. Just what can you lift? And I recommend you just lift to muscle failure. And that means if you can only do five reps of something, great. Muscle failure is that point where you can't lift any further. And you just hold it there. And you feel that muscle vibrating. That's the point at which you are tearing muscle so you can rebuild it. That's how you get stronger. So you lift to muscle failure, and then you gradually let down, lengthening the muscle again. You only have to do this a couple times a week, three at the most, and you'll notice change. And there's something about the soreness that comes from lifting weights that feels so good. It's not incapacitating. It just tells you, I'm growing. I had to break something down a little bit in order to grow. My daughter has taken up crew, which is another word for growing. She took a camp this summer, and I really did not think she would take to this. It is such hard work. The practices are an hour and a half. Uh, last night they ran uh, five miles around Lake Merritt in the drizzling rain, in the dark. She doesn't complain. <laughs> She'll be beet red, but she doesn't complain. And we were going to take her out of it for the season so she could go back to playing lacrosse, competitive lacrosse, which, by the way, she's never really loved. It's never really tapped into anything that she's tremendously good at. So she was always kind of in the middle. And when she played on the A team, she would compare herself to other girls and feel intimidated. When she played on the B team, she had fun with her friends, but she didn't feel like she was growing. So she was never in flow. And then she does crew. And it's like, she was built for this. And now she has gone from this skinny girl to, oh my gosh, we had to buy all new pants. Her legs are so strong now. And she feels strong. And it happened over a few months, you know, a few days, a few weeks, a few months. And new body, um, even more worthiness and self-love. And she says, mom, I feel so confident. And I've never felt this in control of my life before. What? <laughs> what kid feels in control of their life? So find something physical that is within your um, realm of capability to do. Make it easy on yourself and do it and then savor the rewards. So you can take a baby step today. You can order adjustable weights or order a TheraBand you can do one of the assignments I've described, Google one of the meditations. You can make a green smoothie or even just go to the grocery store and buy green smoothie ingredients, which is whatever you want to put in it. 
you don't have to get complicated or fancy or follow a recipe. Just what do you want to put in it in addition to a bunch of green stuff? Savor some sunshine if you can. And just, I'm going to leave you with my belief. I believe that you, me, and all of us are a being of divine light. That can be measured, folks. Whether you think it's divine or not is up to you. But we are all composed of light. E equals mc squared. Energy equals mass times the speed of light. We think of ourselves as mass, but we are actually energy forms of light. And we are born of materials made possible by exploding stars. There is no one like you, and there will never be another you. You are whole, just as you are. And you get to play with the gifts you have. Your self-love is a gift to others. So work like hell to cultivate it, because the world could use some more authentic confidence and gift bearers. And I said I would tell you what my upgrade is. So instead of believing that I would never live up to my potential, so why even try? I believe that the universe delights in me in this and every moment. In the universe's eyes, I can do no wrong. And when I do well, the universe says, you go, girl. So find your own upgrade. And then let me know what it is. I'm at Denise at BrilliantSync.com. I love you, my friend. Now it's time for you to love you. You are so worthy. Another baby step you can take is to go and download something of value at the Work Life Brilliance website. We made that for you so you can help yourself become your best self. It's www.work-lifebrilliance.com. Can't wait to talk next time. All right, until then, take care of yourself. Be good to yourself. Thanks for listening to Work Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at WLBAcademy.com. Dot com.